Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. We're working on prayer at the moment. We've been doing a series on prayer. So if you want to, you can jump onto our website and you can listen to some of the old messages or you can check out our podcast. We looked about what prayer is. We looked about uh, why we pray, the three main reasons behind why we pray. There's more than three, but I picked three that I thought were pretty awesome. We looked at our spiritual temperaments. Who has actually done the temperament uh, program on, on Facebook that I uploaded? I put, it took me hours and hours and hours to do it. Come on, don't make me feel bad about myself. Uh, it's, I haven't done it either, but um, I am intending to do it, and I had to read through it, and I was like, oh, that looks like a good thing to do, and it's just a great way of learning a little bit more about yourself, and how you relate to God, and how you connect to God, and we had a big chat about it on the Sunday, and everyone kind of self-identified where they thought they were, but it's a good idea to do the test, take your 15 minutes, not a big deal, um, and so this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to launch us into uh, a six or seven week series on hearing and recognizing the voice of God. Does that sound like a cool idea? Uh, I don't think we can beat about the bush. If you want to develop an exciting prayer life, uh, it has to be two-way. There is nothing more boring than monologuing to a God that never talks back to you. Uh, If you think prayer is boring and you struggle to pray, I would suggest it's probably because uh, you're not hearing a lot of what God's saying because there's nothing more exciting than having a conversation with the guy that created the universe. It's very, very hard to have a conversation with God where he imparts revelation and knowledge and wisdom and discernment and reveals things to you that you could not possibly have known for yourself and at the end of it go, that was a pretty boring conversation. Like it's very hard to do, right? And so it's a bit of an elephant in the room, but we can't talk about prayer with any integrity if we don't address the fact that it's supposed to be a two-way conversation, all right? And so this morning, uh, my message has got two gears to it. One gear is encouragement, that's fun. And then the second gear is challenging. You will enjoy the first gear and you may not enjoy the second gear, but I will give you a heads up when it's shifting so you can know when to switch off if you want to. Uh, All right, so what we're gonna do is open our Bibles. If you've got them, it's all right if you don't, because I've got this, the, the messages uh, or the verses up on the screen. But we're going to open it to First uh, Samuel chapter 3. Uh, and just to give you a bit of a background on how we've ended up here and what's happening in the story, it tells a story about a young boy called Samuel. And the way that Samuel has ended up, where he's ended up in this chapter, which is working for the high priest at the time and living in the temple of God, working in the temple of God, happened like this. There was a woman called Hannah, and you can read about this in the first two chapters of Samuel. A woman called Hannah, and she couldn't have kids. And in that particular time, in that particular culture, that was a horrible thing to happen to a woman because their entire concept of what added value to a woman, what made a woman worthwhile was her ability to have children. Ergo, if you couldn't have kids, you had no value, you had no worth, you were shunned by society, you were teased mercilessly by your so-called friends and family and Hannah found herself in this predicament where she could not have kids, she was being abused by her friends and family, she was being mocked, she had no self-worth and no self-value and so every year she would go to the temple 
temple, which was their custom, her and her husband, as well as most of the Jewish community, would go to the temple once a year and make their sacrifices and their offerings and their worship to God. And every year she would go and she would complain bitterly that she wasn't able to have kids. And at the start of the book of Samuel, it tells a story about how one year she went to the temple and she was so distraught that she couldn't have children. She got down on her face and she was in tears and she was heaving and she was having such an episode that the, the high priest at the time thought that she was drunk. That's how extreme she was reacting. And she was begging God to open her womb so that she could have a child. And she said, God, if you do this for me, I promise I will I'll raise him up. And when he's old enough, when he's weaned and he can kind of handle himself, I will bring him back to this temple and I will give him to you. And he will live here and work here and grow up here and serve you. He will be yours and she went home and the Bible says God heard her prayer and he opened the womb and she conceived and she had this son called Samuel, which when you think about it is a pretty epic birth story. Like literally you were born conceived out of a promise to be dedicated to God. I mean, this kid set up for some pretty awesome stuff. And so she brought him back and kudos to Hannah. Like, I would have been like, ah, oh, dude, I had my fingers crossed. Like, you know, you can't have a kid. You can't have a kid. You can't have a kid. You finally have one. And you're like, oh, I promised it to someone else. But she brings him back. She weans him. She brings him back. He's a young child. uh, And she gives him to the high priest. And she says, he's going to work here. He's going to serve you. You're going to raise him up. And there's a lot of church historians that think that probably she was around. She may have even gone with them and and spent time at the temple because he was just this young kid. And then the Bible says that God gave her many other children as well. So she ended up being pretty happy with her lot in life. So that's how we end up in Samuel chapter 3. So Samuel is now however many years old. He's still considered a boy. Boy, which in the Jewish culture probably means he's at least younger than 13, right? Because according to the Jewish culture, you kind of go through bar mitzvah at around 12, 13. That's when you are considered a man. So anytime you read in the Bible uh, and they refer to a boy, you can think, okay, probably under 13, which is a bit scary when you read about David and Goliath because he's often referred to as a boy. Let's pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 3. You can read along with me. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. How many people feel, he's preaching about my life, right? In those days, the word of the Lord is rare, not many visions. How many people go, ah, that's me right now? Or I've been through seasons like that. The word of the Lord is rare. We should start saying that when people come up to us like, hey, Rachel, how are you going? Oh, the word of the Lord is rare. Like that, that would just be such a cool Christian way to answer, I'm having a tough time. Right? It's, it's so much more cooler than how's, how's your week been? Crap. Just that's, don't say that in church. All right? How's your week going? The word of the Lord is rare. And then you can respond back, and there are not many visions. It'll be like this Christian <laughs> code thing you know, that we have. It would just be really cool, I reckon. And so uh, I'm going to read through this passage, and then we're going to pull some stuff out of it. All right? But this is the encouraging part. We're fun. We're having some laughs. It's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the the gear changed in a second, all right? In those days, there were not many visions. One night, Eli, who's the high priest, he's getting on in years, his eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see. He was laying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of, the God, uh, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. So obviously in this instance, we're talking about a very rare case of God's audible voice speaking to someone. 
Now, that's never happened to me, but I have met people that have heard the audible voice of God. I'm always very jealous of it when I hear it. I think, oh, that would be so cool. But then I think, no, Josh, I know you, and it would be real cool. And then after a week, you'd be like, eh, did I? Was it? Mm." You know, so, I mean, God knows me better than I know myself. But in this case, it's an audible voice, right? He's this young kid. The Lord calls Samuel. Samuel says, here I am. And he ran to Eli, because obviously Samuel and Eli are the only two people that are in the temple at this time of night. They live there. And he says, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said. Now, any parent that's been woken up by a kid multiple times in the night can kind of get the attitude that Eli's starting to manifest here. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Again, oh, wait a minute, skipped one. Yeah, lay down in his place. There we go. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel, And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. So we have this amazing story of God showing up and calling out to Samuel and Samuel hearing the voice of God, but thinking it's Eli. And so he gets up three times and goes to Eli and says, dude, what do you want? And Eli says, it's not me, it's not me. And then finally, this high priest, this guy that's so connected with God says, oh, it might be God. There's a little bit of a warning there to parents. How often is the Holy Spirit or God speaking to our kids and we've got no frame of reference for that and we completely miss the boat? There's a whole message here around how to raise your kids up to hear the voice of God and how to respond appropriately when your kids go, oh, I had this dream or I had this thought. And we had a couple round uh, to our house on Friday night. We were just talking about spiritual things and you know crazy stuff that happens and um, and, and the guy just talking about, oh, this happened when I was a kid, and this happened when I was a kid, and I saw this thing come into my room when I was a kid, and so what did you do with that? Well, you know, mum and dad didn't really know how to handle that, so they just said, that's nice, and then sort of kept like, oh, wow, like you've got, clearly got an, a gift to see, you know, into the spiritual realm, and, you know, uh, would have been awesome if that had maybe been nurtured a little bit better. So this is a lesson for parents, right? Just log this away in the back of your head that sometimes when your kids came and say, oh, I had a scary dream or I saw this or I think this thing was under my bed, just check with God first and go, oh, maybe there's something going on here. Here's the thing that I want to point out, right? Here's the encouraging thing. Samuel hears the voice of God, goes to Eli, it's not me. Samuel hears the voice of God, goes to Eli, it's not me. And then the Bible says, hey, look, I want to clarify something. In verse 7, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. This is what I want to tell you this morning. How many people here, don't show your hands because maybe it's a sensitive subject for you, but I know there are people here because I've sat down and talked with you and had coffee and we've had this conversation. And and not just here, but every Christian I've ever met, we've had this conversation. And pretty much everyone I've ever met would say this. Sometimes I struggle to hear God speak. And it ranges from sometimes I struggle to hear God speak to I very rarely hear God speak to I've never heard God speak. 
And we all think we have this issue with hearing God speaking. The Bible makes it very clear that Samuel didn't even know God, and yet he could hear God speak. And so what we learn from this is that our ability to hear God speak is intuitive to who we are. Listen to me very carefully. You were created by God to hear him speak. None of us have an issue hearing God speak. And I say this with as much respect as I can muster, but if you are here this morning and you think, I can't hear God speak, respectfully, you're wrong. Because you can hear God speak. And I know you can hear God speak because you wouldn't be here this morning if you couldn't hear God speak. Someone that cannot hear the voice of God does not end up sitting in church on a Sunday morning. Just think about that logically for a second. We were created to hear the voice of God. If you couldn't hear the voice of God, then no one would ever be able to become a Christian. Because you have to hear the Spirit of God calling you. There's a guy called Chris Vallotton who um, you know, is involved in a church over in the States and He's got an extraordinary story about how he became a Christian. And this is a passionate uh, topic for me because one of the other jobs that I have outside of pastoring is I write scripts for uh, children's television shows that play in Australia. It's a weird thing. It's, it's Christian television shows that are about 25 minutes long. They're aimed at like 9 and 10-year-old kids. And uh, they're designed to be played in the Australian equivalent of Bible in schools this sort of 30-minute slot. And so what happens is every so often I get sent an outline by the organisers in Australia, this is what we want you to talk about, uh, and then I write the, the script and I sort of follow their, their key points. And so I had to write one recently and it was all about you know, how to hear the voice of God. And they wanted me to say, if you're not a Christian, you can't hear the voice of God. And I said, I'm, I'm not writing that. That's straight up not true. And they said, no, it is true, and here's some verses taken out of context. I said, no. I said, let me give you another verse. It's better to throw a millstone around your neck and jump into a lake than cause a little child to, you know, make it harder for... I said, I'm not writing something to a nine-year-old kid that says, hey, if you're not a Christian and something's going on in your life and you throw a prayer up to God, he's like, sorry, dude, not my friend. Like, give me a break, right? And then I found, like, there's just tons of verses, you know, like this that prove that you can have no concept of God, no knowledge of who God is, and you still hear him speak because it's not something that you get given when you become a Christian. It's not a spiritual gift. When the Bible lists through all the different spiritual gifts that you have, like hearing God speak is not a spiritual gift. It is a part of who you are. You're born with it. Okay? Don't ever tell me that I can't hear God speak. You are born with the, if you are breathing, if you're a human, uh, then you are born with the ability to hear God speak. And so this guy, Chris Vallotton, he tells a story about how when he was about 14, not a Christian, doesn't know God, no context of Christianity, never been to church, solo kid, um, solo mum, just him and his mum. He said, my mum was just wrecked from head to toe in psoriasis just a terrible skin condition. He said it would, it, would, you know, it would flame up and it would die away and it would flame up and it would die away. And He said one day we were at home and it was just the worst it had ever been. It was like her whole face, her whole forehead, her whole body right down to her toes just covered. She was in so much pain. And he said she was just lying on the couch and she was just weeping and it broke his heart. And he said, I went upstairs, this 14-year-old kid, he said, I'd never been to church. I didn't know anything about God, but I'd obviously you know, knew that people talk about our God and he said in his bedroom, he said, God, if you're real, heal my mum. And if you do, I'll follow you for the rest of my life. And an audible voice spoke out of his bedroom and said, my name 
is Jesus Christ. He got up the next morning, went down, and his mum was completely healed. Totally clear. And he thought, flip. (laughs) And he went back up to his bedroom and he sat down on his bed and the audible voice spoke out again. And it said, you said, if I healed your mother, you would follow me for the rest of your life. You have what you requested. This is a guy that had no concept of God, right? He heard God speak. Why? Because our ability to hear God speak is built in us, right? Liz has got uh, an extended family. She's the youngest of like nine different kids from blended families. And so her dad was married before he married her mum. And so she's got some brothers and sisters that are a lot older than her, like in their 50s and 60s even. Uh, And I remember they're not Christians. They don't go to church. They've never been interested in that never been interested in church or God or, I mean, they know that we're Christians, but, you know, that's pretty much it. And I just remember one year for her birthday, like, we only see them, like, once a year, you know, like, at a big family Christmas or a wedding or something. Sometimes not even that. Sometimes we might go 18 months, two years before we kind of all pull together. Uh, It's just the way that, that her family kind of operates. But one year, somehow, she managed to invite two of her sisters around to her house for, or our house, for, for a birthday morning tea. And I just, I vividly remember like a week or so before it, she came home and she said, oh, uh, there's, a, there's a cookbook at Wickles that I saw today. I'd love to get it. Like it was just something about the cookbook. I was like, I want it. I lusted after it. I was covetous for it. Uh, you know, she said, and you know, and I'm like, what do you need a cookbook for? I mean, you had a Google. Um, but she said, oh, I just look so nice. Color photos and the recipes are great. She said, oh, I just, oh, I would have loved it. And I said, why didn't you get it? She said, it was like 100 bucks. I was like, you know, I'm not paying 100 bucks for a cookbook. I was like, that's the woman I married. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that was, that was that, right? But then her two sisters come around a week later, not Christians, don't know God, never been to church, not interested. They give her a present. She opens it up, it's the cookbook. And Liz goes, wow, you got me this cookbook? And they said, yeah. We were just in a Wickles the other day. We both saw it and thought, Liz would like that. Like at the same, they said it was weird. It was like both of us at the same time. Now, how many people know that's straight up God? Like, don't even try and tell me it's not. Two people see the same thing. The same thing. Liz would like that. I don't. You will never convince me that there wasn't anything other than God just coming up behind them and going, "You should buy that for Liz." Like they're not Christians. They don't know God. Now, I would never be able to convince them that it was God, but they heard God speak. Right, And so my big takeaway for you this morning, the encouragement for you this morning is if you are here and you think, man, I I struggle to hear God speak. No, you don't. You are built to hear God speak. Where we struggle, where we have the issue is the same issue that Samuel had, which is recognizing that it's God. Right? Now, there's a very big difference between these two things because if your issue is I can't hear God speak, then there's nothing you can do about that. If I'm deaf and I can't hear you talk, it doesn't matter what I try and do to improve the situation, I can't fix it. If you cannot hear God speak, if God has created you with an inability to hear his voice, it's not your fault. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't change it. You are stuck like that forever. Bad luck. But, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) That was a bit rough, wasn't it? Sorry, Sandra. (laughs) I haven't even got to the challenging part yet, right? We're still in the encouragement gear. But if, if, if it's not about hearing God's voice, but it's about recognizing God's voice, then the amazingly good news is that you can work on that. 
You can change that. You can adjust that. So it might sound like, oh, he's just splitting hairs. It's hearing God. It's recognizing God. It's all the same thing. No, it's not. Because if it's hearing God, there's nothing you can do about it. If it's recognizing God's voice, it's completely and entirely within your control to learn and grow and develop. So what we're going to do very quickly, maybe not very quickly, but what we're going to do is we're going to look at three things that make it hard for us to recognize the voice of God. Are you ready for a gear change? All right, everyone reach your hand out like this. Come on, grab the lever. We're going to pull it up. If you pull it up, that's, that's you singling that you're on board. Here we go, pull it up. All right, challenging. Here we go. All right, three things that make it difficult for you to hear the voice of God, recognize rather, the voice of God. And my, my goal in this is, is very simple. If there's one thing that you said to me, hey, Josh, if you could teach one thing to people, if people could come to your church and leave and say, I didn't learn anything in that church at all except one thing, what would that one thing be? I would say I would want it to be I learned to recognize the voice of God in my life. Because listen, if you can recognize when God's talking to you, that changes everything. Everything. You have to be able to recognize when God is speaking to you. You know, church has come a long way, like back in the old, old, old days, right? You'd have the priest would get up and they would say, look, everything that I say is gospel. And they would actually, it's embarrassing to talk about now, but they would go out of their way to make sure Bibles weren't printed in the common language to make it as hard as possible for people to connect with God on their own because there is a power dynamic that comes when you need me to tell you what God is saying in your life. But what we're trying to do here is the complete opposite. I want to make myself as redundant as possible in your world. I want you to come to church and go, look, it was great to hang out in the presence of God. It was great to, you know, be challenged by what, God had to, what Josh had to say. Just put God instead of my name. That's awkward. Um, by what Josh had to say. But I don't need to go to church to hear what God's saying. I don't need Josh to tell me what to do in the situation. I have a direct line with the creator of the universe, right? That changes everything. So that's, that's my goal here. I'm a little bit inspired. I've enjoyed reading Job. Who enjoy, I'm not going to ask who's still up to date with the Bible reading thing, but yes, I know a layer is. In fact, I reckon I could pick people out, you know. Josh down the back, yeah, I would have picked Josh, would have done it. Joanne is actually ahead. She's like, she's like, I'm so much better than everybody else, I'm going to stay like two or three days ahead, right? <laughs> <laughs> so naughty, right? Um, I think here in, here in you must get together, Jean. She's like, I pray more than anyone else. Yeah, why is it? I read my Bible more than anyone else. <laughs> so funny. Um, anyway, reading through Joe, right? And, and I was just reading it last week, and I was like, this book's flipping awesome, right? It's like 39 chapters of Job just whinging and complaining, and like with good reason. His life sucks. Right? All his kids got killed, his business has got destroyed, he goes bankrupt, he loses his health, he's literally sitting in his own filth, scraping sores off his body with broken pieces of pottery. I mean, the guy's just, oh, if you're not complaining then, then when would you ever complain? And he goes on for 39 chapters, and then his friends come and they're awful, they give him terrible advice, and so then you're stuck reading all this bad advice to someone. Why is this even in the Bible? And, and then it gets to the very end, right, and God shows up, and this loving God, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, the same God that we were worshiping this morning, he shows up, and the first words out of, him, out of his mouth, I love it, in the NIV, it says, he says, brace yourself like a man. <laughs> how, how many people know that's a scary way for God to start a conversation? He says, brace yourself like a man. 
I'll ask the questions and you answer them. So after 39 chapters of Job being like, why is this happening? Why have you allowed this? Where are you in this? What's going on in my life? God shows up and says, shut up. I got some questions for you, mate. And then he just goes on this rant. Where were you when I created the universe? Hmm? Where do the the rivers come down from the mountains? Do you know that? Where do these animals go and do this? Do you know that? Where does lightning and thunder come from? Do you know the answer to that question? Just slams the guy. And I read that and I was like, I'm going to do that on Sunday. (laughs) Nah, it's not true. It's not true. So let's look at three things then that make it harder for us to recognise the voice of God. You were created to hear God's voice. If there's nothing else that you take away, I want you to take this away. I was created to hear God's voice. Non-Christians hear God's voice. You know, kids hear God's voice. We all hear God's voice. Sometimes we just don't recognise it. And there's three really big reasons for that. Uh, Number one, and this is where the challenge starts, is just because we're unfamiliar with them. This is not rocket science. The more familiar you are with someone, the more time you spend with someone, the more time you hang out with someone, the more conversations you have with someone, the more you become familiar with their voice. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice, they recognize my voice. They follow me because they recognize my voice. Listen, if you're sitting here this morning and you think, ah, is it really, you know, recognizing God's voice, is that really a big deal? It is a big deal. And I'm walking this fine line, and I know because there are people in this, in this place that I just, I love them, and I think they're awesome. And maybe you're sitting here right now and you think, oh, I know he's talking about me. And, and, and I'm thinking about multiple people. And I'm walking this tension between going, I don't want you in any way to feel uh, inferior or guilty or bad about the fact that this is an area that you've struggled with in the past. It's not what I want at all. What I want you to do is I want you to go, okay. I've found this hard. And, and let's just be honest, vulnerability right now, hands up, who has found this hard sometimes to recognize the voice of God? Like nice and high. Look at that. There's every hand in the room pretty much, except for a couple of liars. But every hand <laughs> in the room, right? So if you were here this morning and you're like, man, I struggle to recognize God's voice, it is everybody, is everybody. Don't feel bad about it. Right? I think the church should feel bad about not teaching people about this more often and not recognizing that this is absolutely critical to any discipleship life. How can you follow Jesus Christ if you can't hear Jesus Christ when he talks? It's just ridiculous. So let me apologize if you're in that space. Let me apologize for all the Sundays you've gone to church and not heard this talked about. Um, so unfamiliar. I'm going to give you three things. And what I want you to do is I want you to just have a think about which one of these three things probably applies to you the most. Maybe there's a combination of all three, but which one applies to you the most? Unfamiliar, right? So this is, you're just not spending the time with God. You're just not familiar enough with it. Like Josh and Ioana, we had them around the other day, and uh, you guys have been dating for how many months now? All right, Josh knows. What are you doing all the way down the back, you weirdo? What are you? Hey, come sit up with your fiancé. Did you guys have a fight? No? Okay. Hey, did you not read your Bible one day or something got told off? Um, so when you guys first met, I reckon that if, if you'd had like one conversation and then Josh had rung you up and just said, hey, Ioana, how are you going? You'd probably be thinking, I don't know who this is. 
wouldn't you? Like, we would all be like that. If someone that you'd only met once rang you up and just started a conversation, uh, you'd be like, I don't know who this is. But if he rang you now and said, hey, Ioana, how are you going? You know who it is when he rings you. Does, when he rings you, does he have to say, hey, it's Josh, your fiancé here. We've been going out for 10 months. He doesn't have to say that. He just starts talking, and you know him, right? Because you spend so much time, like, so much time with him. <laughs> yep. I've talked with the other young adults. They're like, man, I don't even see Josh anymore. Like, we used to be best friends. And... Right? And, and anyone that's in any kind of relationship, like, you know, like, when, when Liz rings me, she doesn't have to say, like, hey, it's Liz. Like, I know who it is. Like, as soon as I hear the voice, I recognize it. If we all close our eyes right now, in fact, let's just do this right now. Fun experiment. Everybody close your eyes. I'm going to tap someone on the shoulder, and I'm getting them to say, do you recognize my voice? Close your eyes. Do you recognize my voice? Do you recognize my voice? Oh my gosh. Who, who thinks that was Amanda? Hey? <laughs> eh? Was it Jean? Throw me an answer out. Who was that? Dan, Dan right? Because Dan, we hear Dan talking a lot. He says things like foyer. <laughs> right? Or holy. Holy. We have a holy foyer. Right, we, we know Dan's voice because we're familiar with his voice. We hear him speak all the time. This is not rocket science. If you struggle to recognize when God is talking to you, maybe it's just because you're not spending enough time listening to him speak. All right, and so over the next five Sundays, we're going to look at all the, not all of them, there's so many ways, we're going to look at five different ways that God can speak to us. We're going to look at the fact that he speaks to us out of the Bible. We're going to talk about the fact that he speaks to us through other people, through prophecy and just conversation. We're going to look at the fact that he speaks to us spirit to spirit. Uh, that's when you're just out by yourself and all of a sudden he just speaks into your heart. We're going to look at the fact that he speaks to us through our circumstances and what he's allowing to happen in our life and what we're seeing around us. We're going to talk about dreams and visions and all that kind of stuff. And by the end of this six-week period, the goal is that you have a much better handle on when God's talking and when God's not talking. We're going to get practical as well. So just to extend the challenge out, if we're talking about God speaking through other people and you learning how to hear when it's God and also how to hear when God's talking to you about somebody else, we're going to practice that. We're going to practice uh, all sorts of different things. It's going to be fun, man. Yes. <laughs> So maybe, maybe you're just unfamiliar, right? Um, another reason that you might struggle to hear or recognize rather the voice of God is that you're, you're too unfocused. This is huge, particularly in the Western world. Just, just too distracted. Have you ever been at a, at a party or some kind of environment where it's loud like a concert or there's just a lot of people there and your phone rings and you answer it and you're like, hello, and you can hear the voice, they're talking, you can hear it, but you're like, sorry, who is this? Have you ever done that? Sorry, hold on a second. And you move out of the loud. Sorry, who is this? Oh, g'day, mate. Like you knew who they were. You could hear that someone was on the phone, but you couldn't recognize the voice because of the amount of noise that was around you. Or wives, have you ever had a conversation with your husband while he's watching TV? And then later on, he's like, we never talked about that. You're like, well, no, we did. We had a whole conversation. Did he hear you? Yes. Was he nodding? Yes. Was he responding monosyllabically? Yes. See what I did there? But he didn't, he didn't uh, focus on it. And because he wasn't focused on it, it just went in one ear and out the other. And so for a lot of us, 
This is a huge one for me. I think if you were to say to me, Josh, which is your one out of the three, it's this one. I think I miss God a lot of the time because I'm too busy watching Netflix. Or Disney Plus. <laughs> or you just surround yourself with people. Like a couple of weeks ago, right, we, we talked about the spiritual uh, aptitudes and, and, and things, and, and we talked about what people are going to do differently. And my favorite one was Amanda's one, where she said, oh, you know, I'm a naturalist, and so I like to connect with God when I'm out in nature and go for walks and stuff. But she'd recognize that every time she went to go for a walk, she would try and find someone to go with, which sounds perfectly harmless. But of course, as soon as you start doing something with someone else, you're talking with them about life and stuff, and you just not focus on what God's doing. So something as simple as going, well, I'm going to keep going for my walks, but maybe every now and again, every second one or whatever, I won't ask someone to come with me and I'll just go by myself. See, not every distraction is bad. Sometimes you're, just, you're distracted with good stuff. So busy, 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 running around doing good stuff for God, it's just a distraction. So maybe the issue with recognizing God's voice, again, he's talking to you, he's talking to you, he never stops talking. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In fact, you know what, heck, let's just call it what it is, the Word was God. God literally describes himself as the Word. You can't call yourself the Word unless you're just talking all the time. I tell you right now, God is talking to each and every one of you all day, every day, just always talking to you. The Bible says that he's got more thoughts about you than there is sand on the seashore. You can't think about someone that much and not be talking to them all the time. The issue is not that God's not talking to you. The issue is not that you can't hear God's voice. The issue is recognizing it when it comes. And so often we fill our lives with so much stuff. And it just, we, we just, so much white noise in our world. And God's talking and it's just drowning it out. Maybe that's it. And then the last one, uh, I'll get the band to jump up actually as well. The last one is what I've called unreceptive. And then I've clarified that as unable to receive. And this is, again, an issue that would be going on in our life. And what I love about all these three things is that all things that we have the power to change if we want to. Nothing that I'm saying this morning, you can't just walk out and go, I'm going to do that differently. I'm going to change that about my life. Unreceptive or unable to receive. And what I'm talking about here is that God is talking, you're hardwired to hear his voice, but there's, there's a blockage that's going on. And the word that I had this morning as I was down here praying about this morning, I felt like God said, I want you to use the word sabotage. And he gave me a picture of an army unit kind of behind enemy lines and they're all decked out in their army gear and they've got their, their radio like you see in all the Second World War movies and they're trying to, trying to connect with you know, headquarters to find out what their orders are for the mission. It's not working, like nothing's coming through. And I saw a picture of an enemy soldier going along and just cutting the lines at the back of the receiver. And so headquarters is talking, the message is coming through, but it's just not, the receiver's not working. And that's what the enemy does in our life because he knows how imperative it is that we hear God when he speaks, that we recognize that God's talking to us. The enemy knows that Christians that are in touch with God, that are hearing God speak into the world become very dangerous very quickly. And so he does whatever he can to abort that communication coming through. And he attacks our mind. He says things like, you can't hear God speak. 
I'm just going to give you, let me give you three things that can cause your receptor to be broken. And the good news again with all these three things is that it's a very simple fix. Um, one of the things that can cause our receptors to malfunction, which will cause us to become unreceptive, is unforgiveness. The Bible talks a heck of a lot about unforgiveness. You're carrying unforgiveness in your life, and that thing just shorts out your receptor like you would not believe. Very, very hard to hear God speaking into your life, to recognize God's voice coming into your life if you're carrying unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is very loud. God's been talking to me just a little bit recently about uh, how certain, certain things carry frequencies in the Spirit. Uh, and unforgiveness has a very loud, very loud tone to it. When you're carrying unforgiveness, it's, it's deafening spiritually. Another thing that can cause you to become unreceptive is uh, unbelief. Unbelief gets in all of our world very quickly. You have a negative experience, think that God's going to come through and He doesn't the way that you thought He would. And very quickly, you just build up at a subconscious level, ah, this isn't for me. I tried it, it didn't work. God talks to everybody else, but He doesn't talk to me. We adopt this mindset, I can't hear God speak. And again, that unbelief, it shorts out our receptor. It makes it very, very hard for us to recognize when God's talking because the unbelief is so loud and God's voice is quiet. speaks in whispers very often. I could probably count on one hand my entire life the number of times that I felt God speak very loudly to me. Two or three times that I can think of. But everything else is just it's very subtle, very quiet, very gentle. It doesn't take much to drown it out. We've got to be so protective of guarding ourselves. So unbelief is another one. And then, and then a third one, which I, I heard talked about at a conference I was at recently, which uh, partners with unbelief quite a lot, is, is essentially intellectualism. Our mind just gets in the way. And it might sound like an unfair thing to say, but if you're someone that is extremely intellectual, you're extremely cerebral, we're all created differently. Very often, that, that gift that God's given you if it's overplayed, can become a real hindrance. Something that I have to work very hard against because it's the way that I'm wired. I, I do, I really like to wrestle things through intellectually. I like to engage my brain. I enjoy a good debate. I like doing research. I like study. And it's very easy for me to start to lean on my intellect rather than on God. So unforgiveness, unbelief, intellectualism. The Bible says that our head is very often at war with our spirit. Like we communicate with God spiritually. Jesus said that God is spirit. So when you're talking with God, it's a spirit-to-spirit connection. And as soon as you move that into a headspace, it becomes counterproductive. So those three things, right? Unfamiliarity with God. How do you address that? You need to reprioritize some things. Unfocused, how do you address that? Maybe you need to just eliminate some distractions. And then unreceptive, how do you fix that? 
I think you need to talk to God about that. You know, I was speaking with someone the other day about how to hear the voice of God and, and they said, you know what started it for me? They said it was when I, I started asking God to highlight in my life some of the areas that I needed to work on. I think that's probably the best place to start. There's, I just think there's something that unlocks in your spirit when you go to God and say, hey, what's, what's holding me back from doing life with you well? Like, What is it that's preventing us from moving forward together? I just think that's a topic of conversation that for some reason there's a grace on it that just allows us to hear God speak. Uh, or to recognize his voice. Let me ask you a challenging question. By a show of hands, we've all should put our hands up to say that we struggle to hear God speak sometime or to recognize his voice. How many people want to recognize his voice better? All right, now, I want you to look up at your hand, which is in the air right now. Let me ask you this question. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Do you know that one of the definitions of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? Your hands are in the air saying, I wish I could hear God better, recognize God's voice better. So you want a different result. If you get up tomorrow morning and you just do, you do the week the same way you did last week, you're, I'm sorry, certifiably insane. That's what insanity is. It's going, I want my life to change. I'll do everything exactly the same way. Makes no sense. You have to change if you want something to change. So which one of these three things is it for you? And I think what I'd like to do, like the first two, you know, unfamiliar, you can work on that. Unfocused, you know, you can have a chat with God about that. Uh, But that bottom one, like um, unreceptive or unable to receive, that's something that I'd like to um, maybe pray for some people about. If we could just flick on the worship lights, that'd be great. Caitlin, Dan, I'll get you to just move this pulpit for me. That'd be awesome. And um, just as we're singing, if, take a moment and just get quiet inside yourself and just ask God, say, God, is there anything in my life that is hindering my reception of what you're saying? Is there anything in my receptor that is blocking your voice coming through that's making it hard for me to recognize it? Is it unforgiveness? Is it um, unbelief? Is it intellectualism? This conference that I was at a couple of weeks ago, uh, the guy, Mike Connell, who was speaking, he told a story about how he was over in Asia and he, he preached a message and he hopped down, he was walking off the stage and a woman came up to him and she said, oh, Pastor Connell, can you pray for me? He said, oh, yeah, what what do you need? She said, I can't hear the voice of God. She said, I'm a passionate Christian. I love God. been a Christian all my life. She said, I just, I can't, I can't hear God speak. And he said, oh, yeah, I can pray for that. And she said, oh, good. And then she said, many, many great men of God have prayed for me and none of them have been successful. And he thought, great, great, now that's great. Right, And so he went to put her hands on her and, and God just spoke to him in that moment. And so he stopped, he said, oh, he said, are you, you carrying any unforgiveness in your life right now? And then God gave him another word. He said, like maybe towards your dad. She said, oh, I love my dad. He said, yeah, but is there any? She said, oh, yeah, actually, I'm pretty miffed about this, you know, something that happened, you know, years and years and years and years ago. And oh, I suppose I haven't quite forgiven him for that. He said, okay, well, 
let's, let's do that first. Because he said unforgiveness is something that really makes it hard to, to hear the voice of God. And, and again, the issue, we're not going to go to God and say, hey, God, can you start talking to this person? Like God is talking to you. That's not the issue. There's a blockage here. So he said, first of all, he said, I want to commend you for coming up and asking for prayer when you have tried so many times and it hasn't worked. The fact that you are still pursuing this is unbelievably admirable. And that's, that's something that I want to communicate to you this morning. If you're like here and you're like, man, I've, I've tried this so many times. Like, I have the utmost respect for you in this space. The fact that you're still here, that you're still pursuing God. I think it's amazing. He said, I want to commend you for it. He said, but let's just lead you through this prayer. And so he led her through a very simple prayer, just a repeat after me prayer. And he got her to forgive her dad. And she did all that. And he said, cool. And then he just put a hand on her. He said, God, I just pray that you would, you know, reveal yourself to her. And bang, down she went. And she got up speaking in tongues and which she'd never done before and all this kind of stuff. And he didn't do anything different to anybody else had done, but he just recognized that there was a, a blockage there. And so I thought, well, let's do that. <laughs> if Mike Connell can do it, then Tebow can do it too. Um <clears throat> So just take a moment and just, I know I've got a little bit long this morning, but hey, take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit, say, is there anything, unbelief, intellectualism, unforgiveness, something else that Josh hasn't even mentioned that, that maybe is blocking you? And maybe something pops into your mind and you think, that's ridiculous, that can't, but like maybe it's popped in your mind for a reason. And I would just say, what's the harm? What's the harm? You come up and say, oh, yes, I, I laughed at a boy with a limp once and that's just popped into my head. Can't be that. Well, Let's just pray for it. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. What's the harm? You'll put your hand up and say, I want to recognize God better. You've got to do something different. So let's just take a moment now. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that you have created us to hear your voice. That every single person right here that's hearing me speak has the same ability to hear you speak. It's, it's, it's a part of their DNA. It's who you created them to be. That no one on the face of the planet cannot hear you speak because of who you created us to be. But Father, we recognize that sometimes recognizing your voice can be difficult because of the way we build our lives, because of the lack of priority we give to building a relationship with you and, and also God to sometimes just junk getting into our space and mucking things up. So Father, right now in this space, I pray that as everybody asks you if there's anything in their life that's making it harder for you to get through, that you would reveal it to them now in Jesus' name. I pray for the eyes of our hearts to be opened. And I pray for courage to respond. And so in this space, if you're praying and something drops into your spirit, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come up the front. And we're going to lead you privately, each of you through a prayer, to just repent of that. Repent means to just change the way you think about something, to let something go. Believing that that's going to open up a new strength of conversation with Him, an ability to recognize His voice like you've never had before. So in your own time, if you pray it and you get something, just come and stand up the front.